This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we are up against, together we can beat them. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, drill, drill. That's not not retribution. I'm going to be... I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, I love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. It's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies on the Midas Touch Network. You just heard Donald Trump say that he would be a dictator on day one in office. The Republican Party is already rushing to his defense, insisting that he was joking. But we have more than just his words to go on. During his first term, he attempted on multiple occasions to exercise authority far beyond that which the Constitution allows. His dictatorial impulses are obvious for anyone willing to see him for who he truly is. I spoke with Mike Breen, Army combat vet and former intel officer, now the CEO of Human Rights First, about this. First, I want to share this clip of Republican after Republican once again making excuses for the former president. It's entertainment. And, you know, you, we've been around uh, him long enough. It's entertaining. I think it was a joke. <laughs> I think that's probably just fairly uh, kind of uh, typical Trump rhetoric. We all know Trump uh, uses uh, unique expressions when he explains things. Sometimes a little baby will, will spout off all sorts of words that you don't know, take them either literally or seriously. And that's a bit of what we're seeing, I think, from President Trump and his campaign right now. I mean, I mean, even Romney, who's no Trump fan, says that, you know, this is, don't take him literally or seriously. A little bit of a repeat of what we saw in his time in office. Yeah, if you're basing your, all of your judgment about what kind of a President Trump would be on one comment that he made uh, with Sean Hannity, that's, that's probably not the way I'd go as a voter trying to inform myself. You can look at his four-year record and in his conduct, um, leading up to it during and after January 6th and help make those decisions. I mean, look at... He he said he would suspend the Constitution. I mean, he would call for suspending the Constitution. So this would be in line with some of these things. But as you said there, Republicans not too concerned. So, Mike, it sounds like senior members of the Republican Party aren't worried (laughs) in the slightest about Trump's assertion that he would uh, be a dictator on day one, but only on day one. Should we be worried? Well, good for them. You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that they've learned absolutely nothing uh, from the storming of the Capitol on January 6th, everything that's come out since, multiple impeachments and, uh, you know, well over a dozen criminal indictments. Um, I mean, it, I, you know, if you don't want to listen to what's coming out of his mouth and and the first rule that any intelligence analyst or, or expert will tell you when it comes to listening to a, a leader with autocratic tendencies is you should believe absolutely everything they say. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's the rule at the CIA. Believe the dictator. When they say they're going to do a thing, 
it means they want to. Whether they'll be able to pull it off is a different thing, but they're, they're not hiding their intentions. They're almost always telling you in rough terms what, what they really do want to do. Um, but if you don't want to do, you know, listen to him, look at him. Look at what he's done already. I mean, the record on him, including we have a record of four years of, of chaos, illegality, uh, autocratic behavior and attacks on the Constitution as a president of the United States, an unprecedented refusal to peace, peacefully transition power after losing an election. And, you know, the list goes on. So, you know, I believe him. Of course, I believe him. The Heritage Foundation believes him. They're planning. They're, they've got a massive plan to implement this. So. Great. Good for them. I'm glad I'm glad they can sleep easy knowing that uh, it's all just a terrible dream and it'll go away any minute. I am so glad you framed it that way because you're absolutely right. When he speaks, it it comes off so often as as clownish and unserious. Um, let me roll this clip of, of Liz Cheney real quick where she says we have to take him both literally and seriously. Here's the clip. I want to ask you about Trump's recent comments that he would be a dictator, at least on day one in office. A typical Republican reaction to that came from Senator Kevin Kramer, who said he was just being funny. Um, most have simply said nothing about it. Do you, do you take that comment seriously, though? I think we have to take everything that Donald Trump says literally and seriously. And uh, I think that we saw, frankly, what he was willing to do already after the 2020 election, in the lead up to January 6th, after January 6th, people need to remember that when Donald Trump woke up on the morning of January 6th, he thought he was going to remain as president. And um, we saw the extent to which he was willing to attempt to seize power when he'd lost an election. And the uh, wishful thinking that we see from so many people now suggesting, you know, he will certainly now abide by the rulings of the courts or be stopped by the guardrails of our of our democracy simply simply that wishful thinking because i think the case you're making if i'm reading it correct is that it would be worse the second time around well, Absolutely. why why it would be worse uh because he has had practice uh and because those people who were around him who actually did stop uh, the worst that what he was trying to do would not be around him again. I mean, our institutions don't protect themselves. It's the people who do. And when you have a situation where, for example, Mike Flynn, who suggested deploying the military to rerun the election in swing states, martial law, martial law um, people like Steve Bannon, Cash Patel, sort of, you know, the, the craziest and least stable uh, of the people that are around Donald Trump, those are the people that he will put into the most important, highest offices in the land. And your framing, focusing on his actions, I think that is the real key. Because even though he comes off as a clown in interviews like the one with Sean Hannity, he has already tried to do the things we're afraid he wants to do. He has already tried to pull off a coup. He's already tried to invoke the Insurrection Act. He did replace the head of the Department of Defense, right after the election, all of these things that seemed beyond the pale, that even his most egregious rhetoric didn't hint at, he's actually tried to pull off. And the real danger in a second Trump administration is that he will replace those constitutionally minded public servants with people whose only qualification is loyalty to Trump. And I think most people don't realize that we've been several single failure points away from 
constitutional crises, even the end of democracy, as as we almost experienced with Pence being asked to ignore the election results. But those safeguards aren't going to be there in a second Trump term. You referred to the Heritage Foundation and their blueprint to do away with them. I, I don't think I don't think we're afraid enough. No, I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, we came we came within a hair's breadth of seeing active duty military troops deployed against you know, largely peaceful American protesters after the killing of George Floyd. Um, as you know, you know, we, we have all seen, you know, that the reportings come out on what the, the leadership of the military had to deal with in the final days and, you know, what they were prepared to try to stop. Um, so, you know, the, the, the record that he's established kind of speaks for itself. And I, I don't think we're scared enough. And I think, unfortunately, there's a bit of a tendency, and I see this in the media and a lot of the other conversations, a lot of the media, not you, um, and a lot of conversations that, that I'm part of, you know, where the, the constant desires for more information or analysis to confirm what we already know is happening. And I think that's a way of trying to deal with it because it's easier to do that than it is to try to come up with effective action to stop it. Um, but it doesn't get you anywhere. I mean, it reminds me, you know, early days in Iraq, we were all trying to figure out what what various armed insurgent groups or would-be insurgent groups were doing. And I remember sitting in a in a battalion conversation where a junior officer in the intelligence section was saying, well, I see, you know, sir, hey, I think we need more information about their intentions. And the battalion commander said, they're, they're shooting at us. I think that's enough information about their intentions, right? I mean, I think we're kind of there. Um, the man has shown that he has, you know, no respect for the Constitution and, and, and a huge will to power. Uh, and that he's willing to break the law and incite, you know, large scale illegality on the behalf of other people who will, who will then sell out if they are held to account. He's done all that stuff already. So the idea that we need to know what's going on in his head is, you know, this is a conversation that honestly feels about five years out of date. Thanks for watching, everyone. I am trying something new, a Patreon page. It's a way you can support the show and make sure we can keep bringing you this content. My hope is that we can continue to limit the amount of ads we run here and that we can also build a community around this effort to fight back against extremists and their enablers. Subscribers to the Patreon page will have access to exclusive and ad-free content and also early releases. Please consider helping us out. Go to patreon.com slash Ken Harbaugh or click on the link below. We're just getting started with this, so your support early on will make a huge difference in building real momentum. Thanks so much for helping out. What scares me probably more than the totalitarian mindset of Donald Trump and even more than his apologists within the Republican Party is the rank and file voters who feel like we're at a stage when we need that kind of authoritarianism. I want to play this clip from a few years ago of a, of a, well, you'll see what I'm talking about. I just want to say this. Yes, ma'am. Never in my life did I think I would like to see a dictator, but if there's going to be one, I want it to be Trump. So, Mike, I don't think that is a rare opinion in the Republican Party today, as evidenced by the applause that that woman's, um, 
expression of support for dictator Trump received. What does it take or what happens to a society that makes it want a dictator? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I think there's a couple of different conversations we got to have that the surface explanation for this is it's straight out of it an expiring autocrats playbook. You discredit the system. You lie to everybody and tell them it's already broken. So the, the best way to destroy democracy is to convince a bunch of people it's already been destroyed by your opponents and that you're the savior. This is January 6th. This is the big lie around the election. I mean, the other thing you do uh, if you want to be a dictator someday, is you accuse everybody trying to hold you accountable or stop you from becoming one from from being a dictator themselves. And we see this now with you know Joe Biden crime family. Joe Biden's a dictator already. Uh, Trump wants to abuse the justice system to attack his political opponents. So of course he's accusing the current Department of Justice of doing that already. I mean this is sort of classic, right? But there's a deeper conversation too, and I think this is the hard part. Um, as a society, you know, politically and economically, we have left a lot of people behind. And I don't blame people for feeling like we need a change. Um, but I, I do think you, know, you have to hold people accountable for channeling that justified anger and sense that things are not right and that they're not respected and part of the conversation in the way they need to be. The answer isn't to give absolute power to somebody who doesn't care about you at all, <laughs> right? That doesn't give you a larger voice. And that's the great trap that, that I think a lot of people are walking into. Um, and they're, they've been lied to. They've been lied to by massive media organizations and they're being lied to by the former president. It does seem like the, the animating principle these days among those Trump supporters is not what is Trump going to do for me? It's what he's going to do to, to my enemies, what he's going to do to the people who look down on me or who've made fun of me uh, or, or who've been identified by Trump as the people who have taken something from me. It is just entirely oppositional in nature that there isn't, there doesn't seem to be a shred of, of, of hope in it. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it's it's vengeance, pure and simple, right? And it's it's a really short-term kind of childish way of thinking about it, too. Um, the idea that let's remove all the safeguards that prevent massive government power from being used against private people for petty and vindictive reasons, and then assume that it's only ever going to happen to people I don't like. I, that's never worked out for anybody in the history of the world, Right. It's a, it's a pretty childish idea, um, but, you know, it sells right now to too many people and, um, you know, and it's tricky. And, and again, the, the way to sell it and Trump is doing this is to convince everybody it's already happened and it's, it's, it's against you now. And I'll make, I'll make, I'll use the same weapons on your behalf against people you don't like. Uh, and, you know, falling for that is it's, it's falling for a pretty obvious con. But there's a, there's a real risk a lot of people are going to fall for it anyway. Yeah, there is. Um, Mike, as always, awesome to have your insights. Um, anything you can talk about with the, the work you're doing at Human Rights First? Uh, I know you're here in the trenches every day uh, fighting fighting this fight. What can you share with us? Well, I appreciate that a lot. And, it you know, 
not to be that guy, but it's the end of the year and we really need your support. Uh, so humanrightsfirst.org slash donate um, supports ongoing litigation against uh, extremist organizations, supports our, our work on behalf of democracy with, with Veterans for American Ideals and other things and our extremism team that's, that's working to stop anti-democratic extremism here in the United States, supports our ongoing work on the ground in Ukraine and support for frontline human rights defenders there. Uh, or continuing work on behalf of Afghan allies who've, who've still been left behind by the United States and, and a lot more besides. We can really use your help. Uh, this has been a tough year for, for raising philanthropic dollars for everybody, uh, but we got all the really important work to do and we don't have a lot of time to get it done. So humanrightsfirst.org slash donate. We will put a link in the show notes. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you, Ken. Mm-hmm.